Hello, everyone in podcast land. I'm David. And I'm Jono. And this is the show where we swing our webs, shoot our slings, and wear bikinis. Wait, what was that last? No, there's no spider bikini. It's the Let's Wing It show where we really make up weird sentences. I know. And this week, we have a treat for you. We're going to be talking primarily about Across the Spider-Verse. I guess it's not even called Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 because the next one's going to be like Beyond Beyond. the Spider-Verse. But uh, basically part one of the, you know, the Spider-Verse duology thingamabob. Uh, And we're also going to be talking about some games we've been playing like Dave the Diver and Star Trek Resurgence. uh, And our thoughts on the Ted Lasso finale. Because, oh boy, it's over. It's over. (laughs) Thank God it's fucking over. (laughs) Yeah, put it out of its misery. Just like two bullets in the back of the head. Oh boy. Oh boy! Oh, I I don't I I well we'll save it for last because like I I do want to <laughs> I do just want to kind of like jump in before I save my piece. Let's uh, let me get your thoughts on it on uh, across the Spider Verse. Yeah, it is a stunning work of art, absolutely stimulating in the best of ways, it's thrilling, uh, so creative, uh, and my brain was engaged and so excited the whole way through. <laughs> So much so that I found my heart actually had trouble engaging for a lot of it. But there was moments where it started to feel like it was ramping up and it was like, okay, now the emotions are coming and like, we're really feeling this. And then it was over. Uh, (laughs) And I, I am okay with it. It's part one and that's okay. This is a brilliant movie. It's absolutely fantastic. It's hard Mm -hmm. to give like a number rating to when it's so it's clearly missing half of its story. And that's okay. This is a complete movie in the sense that I didn't leave feeling like they had stolen the money from me. It was like, it's two and a half hours, but it felt like 60 minutes. It was so thrilling, so entertaining. Uh, and I am so hyped. It's one of those, it's rare that I like leave a movie and I feel like I'm on that high. And this is one of those movies. I left the theater and I was like, oh yeah, I fucking love movies, man. <laughs> and so I'm not going to give it a number score, but uh, I can give a hearty, 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 hearty recommendation uh, if you like the first Into the Spider-Verse, you're going to fucking love Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So I'm pretty much in the same boat. I'm going to kind of represent it as like those three types of people who will probably have this kind of reaction to the movie. They loved it. Visuals. It's amazing. Music soundtrack's awesome. Dialogue is really good. Except for the sound mixing. Uh, and then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those like problems. Uh, Especially early on. It's like hard to hear yeah. dialogue over the music and noise. I was like, huh? Yeah. I was like, what? What's going on? But. Yeah. Uh, Everything's super good. Like for a direct sequel, I could not ask for anything more. Like yeah. this one, I wouldn't say is probably better than the first one, but it still stands up on its own. But here's the problem. Like there's that kind of person. Here's the second one is like, I want to kind of see a complete movie. Like I just like, like, just like you said, like I was like, Ooh, getting emotionally invested. Uh, oh, spoiler! Alert. This is this is gonna be a spoiler cast. Yeah, spoiler cast. From here on out, we're going full spoilers. Spoiler no cast. warnings. Yeah, those like points are like I was just kind of enjoying it, but I knew it was a two parter, so I couldn't get really invested. Yeah, like don't get too attached. It's like it felt like I was on a date that I knew that mm. there's nothing else that I'm just gonna just get laid. So I just you kind of like distance yourself and you're just gonna enjoy your time. But <laughs> I wanted to get really invested because like the first one, I got super invested that one. I'm like, yeah, yeah. go Miles, go. But this one. Which is like just trying to like distance myself because I don't want to wait. Like I thought it was two years, but it's actually one year or nine months. Yeah, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> I'd be and so then, fucking pissed. But there's that part when it's like you see like Miles going to Miguel, going, 
now I'll do my own thing. I'm like, yes, so good. Like that's such yeah. like, I was like so invested, but I still yeah. try to like distance myself because I was like, oh, like I, I'll just, I'll, yeah. I'll invest my, when I get to the second part, you're kind of like, I still want to have a third movie. And there's a third person who's just going to nitpick the shit out of it. I do have like a couple small problems, like the sound mixing. Okay. Yeah. And I think I have a problems with a couple of the fights because it's just oh. like, it's the fights were visually good, but those, it felt like there was times where it didn't have a sense of urgency. Cause it's just like hmm. when you see uh, miles fight the spot the first time, it's like, dude, you could have taken care of this really easily. Second part was like when Gwen's fighting the vulture, I'm like, you guys are like, I understand what you guys are doing with the fight scene is to establish characters, fighting styles and use it as a vehicle for dialogue, but never felt like the first one when like Spider-Man or miles fighting Kingpin. Like there was a sense of like, I got to get this done or we're all screwed. It just felt like I'm just going to fight and we're going to have awesome dialogue, but the vultures is going to fuck everything up. That's fine. I, I get what you're yeah. saying. Cause like, yeah, if you're searching for like a, you know, an ultimate fight, like sense of urgency, yeah. those fights don't have that, but I don't think that's the purpose of them. I think especially yeah. the spot one is it's almost like unassuming. You're like, Oh, it's just like, you know, it's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man scene. He's just being yeah. goofy and it's fun. And it's, it's like a really creative fun scene having him like, you know, portal in him and fight that way. Yeah. Uh, and they do a good job, but it's, it's definitely not like a intense fight, but it's clever and creative. So yeah. I can, I can vibe with that. I also think the same thing with Gwen and, um, the vulture fight is that it's yeah. less about, you know, it's, this is like the world saving fight and more about like, hmm. what the fuck is going on? And I, I need to stop this, but like, yeah. I'm still spy. I'm spider girl, you know? Yeah. Or spider Gwen. It just felt weird. What's her, wait, wait, like, what's her official yeah. spider title? Is she spider woman? Spider is she woman. Yeah. I think it's spider woman. I think the like, mate, like the, the one on the motorcycle I thought was spider. Uh, it doesn't matter. Well, anyway, the all, all spider people anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those spider, those spider people, I guess that's a <laughs> yeah. proper gender. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I just, it just felt like those like parts. I'm like, I'm like, okay, like this guy's really fucking everything up. And these people mm -hmm. in the danger, like just looking, uh, but yeah, like it's, it's a view. It's a dialogue. It's a vehicle for all the dialogue and scene building. Like who's Miguel? Who's this? Like Spider Woman, um, I think mm -hmm. what, I can't remember what her name is. And then also you have this awesome like dialogue of who the vulture is, which was really awesome. Mm -hmm. But just like it was kind of weird, but I kind of like forgave it. I'm like, it's 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 fun, it's great. Yeah. And then you get to this huge first like emotional impact with Gwen and her father, which was awesome. I think yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that whole like 15, 20 minute whole part with Gwen is <laughs> really powerful and really yeah. impactful and i felt emotionally engaged uh mm -hmm. and i thought they did a really stunning job with like the watercolors at her apartment where it's like oh it's kind of all cold and then she, her dad's like are you too what is it are you too cool for a hug or whatever and she's like no and she goes in for the hug and the colors all become oh, warm yeah and it was like such a great impactful moment and there's i didn't realize it on my first watch i saw this on twitter but it's like it looks like they're trying to present mm -hmm. gwen as a trans character where she has like you know the trans flag uh, as is her primary colors uh and she has like a little trans flag in her room and stuff so interesting we don't it's not explicitly said that she's mm. trans and it i don't think it really matters to the story but it's cool representation yeah. either way and i actually, think it's that's that's actually interesting yeah because i've like i always felt like i'm like i wonder if this is just romance between gwen and miles i'm like is this actually like a true romance or are they just like two people who have a shared secret each other. 
yeah, you just really wanted this like this like attachment because there's like, one part in the movie where it's like Miles, who's your friend, and he's like, uh, that yeah, guy. I think in the in the last movie it wasn't clear. It was like Miles kind of has a crush on her because she's so cool. Yeah. Um, and then that's you know that's kind of where they leave it. It's like they obviously they love each other in the sense that like you know a spider person and a spider person loves a spider person because they understand that yeah. person so well. But I think in this one, to me, it was pretty explicit that there's a romance. At least yeah. it's building. Uh, and like the way that he, you know, he draws her a hundred times in his sketchbook. But she also like is drawing him or painting him. I can't remember what it is, but she's like clearly missing him. Uh, yeah. And I feel like they're definitely building towards that. And maybe not. Maybe it's just meant for the parents to think that. Uh, yeah. Like in the sense that like Miles' parents thought that, you know, she's the girlfriend or whatever. But yeah, I I mean, I'm not going to knock it. I, I'm going to assume just because it's spider-man and probably just want to build up tragedy anyways because that's what that's what spider-man this is the whole movie is about tragedies which is actually fucking brilliant like i was just like how, how they kind of word because that's for me going in the movie like it is i knew it was something about tragedy because i was like okay miguel's trying to do something i'm like first mm-hmm. this is my prediction is that miguel was actually i guess it was trying to kind of true he was either creating or letting these tragedies happen to help build spider people mm-hmm. so he could build his army to i was this is why i was gonna assume to take over the multiverse in mm-hmm. a way it's kind of true but maybe he's not taking over the multiverse I, mm-hmm. I, to me i think that's a bit fuzzy but i just love mm-hmm. how it's like oh the canon uh the like uh the canon, canon events canon events i'm like because when i first saw that i'm like did you talk about like story canon and I was like, oh, and then just seeing all these things happen, I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that that thematic exploration is absolutely brilliant. And it's not like heavy handed. It's just this idea of like, like Spider-Man is defined by tragedy. And it's like, yep. it's these important events where he loses someone. And I, I don't know what, you know, the thematic conclusion of that will be. We'll see in nine months or whatever. Yep. But I have a, I have a feeling that the whole point is going to be like, you aren't defined by your tragedies. You're defined by like what you do with them. You're defined by like who you choose to be. And Miles, mm-hmm. like I, I, th- I love that setup of like, okay, every Spider-Man loses a uncle figure or whatever, or like, yeah, you know, Uncle Ben or Aunt May or or Uncle uh, actually, un- Uncle think, Aaron. Yeah, I, I think it's actually a lot of like, I think Spider-Man has like, I think a, a few big tragedies, depending on which universe you're in. Mm-hmm. let's just say uh let's just say the video game universe so i think it's at me uncle ben okay well, well, hold, on, hold on hold on hold on spoilers for spider-man video game world if you haven't played a <laughs> spider-man video game fuck you like go play that game granted yeah, Spider-Man I'm 2's better. coming out this year baby yeah I, I i i need to finish miles morales i just i, I moved how could I you stopped. not finish that one that's the better one i know but it's i I explained last it's, time i was moving so short <laughs> I okay, moved. Fair, 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 fair. and also i think jilly wanted to play a game okay Whatever. Get on it, motherfucker! Oh, and also, I think I was using a certain account, and then I, I have no access to that account, so I think I have to go wait to play that. Well, but anyway, well, you have you have access to someone on this podcast account. Emma, can, can oh you, yeah, I have Miles yeah, Morales. Yeah. So no, I think I bought it now. Ah, uh, whatever. I'll okay. figure it out. Know, but uh, I still need to play. But like, yeah, I think Ben and May's gone, and I think the depending on which universe, like Gwen Stacy's dad dies. Yeah, and the Amazing Spider-Man, at least the movie ones. Yeah, Captain so 
Stacy so, is like, dead. There's a lot of he does a lot of tragedies, and they just mm-hmm. defines who he is, which is like the beautiful part. Which, but you think about it, when everyone everyone else in that movie, everyone's Peter Parker ish, except for Miguel, I think, and also all the other Spider Women. But they all have there's similar, there's a lot of Peter Parkers, but there's a lot yeah. of you know variants. Those Gwens and then those Hayes, but everyone. <coughs> so yeah, I get that. But I, I just it just brings me back to that line. It's like, no, I'll do my own thing. You're like, oh, so good. Well, it's so it's so brilliant. And I think that's such a great payoff. And it's I love that they've taken Miles and I think unbelievably so from, you know, this unsure teenager who like mm-hmm. is the weakest Spider-Man. You know, he uncovers some powers. He at the end of the movie, he learns how to control them a little bit. But in this movie, he might be the best Spider-Man. <laughs> like he and it no, he def- he did. He he got he beats like three hundred Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. He, he beats like the the vampire Spider Man. Yeah, he, he beats, who is yo. such a fucking badass design. Miguel is so cool, and I fucking love it. I think it's uh, Oscar Oscar yeah, Isaac's. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he did like okay. Watch you. I want to just kind of step back from the storyline. Yeah, every yeah. single actor who is in this movie is absolutely perfect. <laughs> I can't. I just like to me, everyone is so good. Everyone's on point and everyone just fits the role perfectly. Like it's just so good. It's like everyone I just I didn't think about like, oh, it's Haley Steinfeld, like as as Gwen no. Stacy. I just go like that's Gwen Stacy. Like I just never it never o- ripped me away. The only one that I'm like so I agree. I think overall the casting is absolutely incredible. Uh the voices that I recognized pulled me out of it sometimes. Like really? Oscar Isaac's 99% of the time. I'm like, that's just Miguel. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, there's Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Uh, and um, what's his face? Andy Samberg. I love Andy Samberg's character. Yeah. Ooh. He's the like, he's the, the Spider-Man with the hoodie. Uh, who's like the like, oh, my life is so hard. Or he's like, oh, that's I, now, him? <laughs> I, I have you in my rippling muscles. You that's Andy funny? Samberg. Is uh I saw that Spider-Man. I'm like, oh, that's the Spider-Man I grew up on the 90s, like in the mm. 90s. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that Spider-Man. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the emotional yeah. one. Yeah. And so I think they did a great job. And it never like took me out of the movie. It was just like funny. Um yeah. in a way where like all everything else is so seamless and invisible. There's all of a sudden you're like, I, and I mean, it, it obviously doesn't do it to everyone. You didn't pull you out, but I was like, yeah. there's Andy Schamberg. Um, but yeah, I, Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, I, I just, maybe I just got lost with the visuals and just like, cause I'm like, let this, let this baby ride. Yeah. Well, and like, it's just such a thrilling movie. Like there was no part where I wasn't just enthralled by what was happening. I think oh, it's man. just the visuals were just, to me, it was like borderline, like the most beautiful movie i have ever seen mm-hmm. granted i haven't seen everything all everything everywhere all at once yet i heard that's very beautiful. apples and oranges it's yeah, apples so and it's, oranges yeah but like for visually stunning like it was so here's the big thing about i why i really love this movie i'm a guy who loves like big over action mm-hmm. arcing storylines like all the major stuff that makes a movie good so it's kind of like the whole part of like how do you fill your fill your day, right? Do the big stuff yep. first, and then you fill it with sand. You do all the small stuff, and then you can fill that bucket still with water, and you have like the perfect level of movie. This movie, yes, it has a problem of like it's not a complete movie, so I couldn't get that 
emotionally attached. But when you actually think mm. about it in this sense, it does everything, all the overarching things really well, opens up for the next movie really well. And, but it has all these small little things like details, like the best small detail. I think my favorite is when uh, Miles's mother snaps and you see the mm-hmm. Puerto Rican flag. It's just yeah. like, why did they have to do that? But it's great. Like, it's like, yeah. it doesn't distract me. It just goes hot. She's Puerto Rican. Of course. No, yeah, I, I, I saw someone point that out in the trailer and actually yeah. was like kind of looking for it when it happened in the movie, but I got distracted by other things that I had yeah. to like it. It's not so in your face that it's like mm-hmm. a it's a big deal. Yeah. And I think that's something that will carry this franchise and yeah. into the next movie. Why I'm not particularly worried yeah. is clearly everyone on every fucking level believes mm-hmm. in this movie. Like yeah. there's no one working on this movie that isn't like passionate on making it the best fucking movie it can be because like yeah. the last one was an influential masterpiece. Movies are now lo- now are just catching up and trying to look like it still. Yeah. And like you just it's the details are there the like the big story beats are there like the creative like yeah. vibe is there and even like MCU Spider-Man is now chasing into the Spider-Verse like the fact that the the next Spider-Man yeah. movie was like a, a multiverse movie but like I and I like No Way Home I like No Way Home but it's nothing compared to yeah. the, like creative the creative spirit of this franchise I, I think this movie literally ruined No Way Home for me because everyone's like it's so good it's so good it's so good and I watch it I'm like that's pretty good but it's not it's not as good as that one, in which had the same kind of quasi same like kind of story setting. Is like yeah, multiverse. I, I I agree. I think they're different enough for me that it doesn't bother me in the sense that like these are all mostly new renditions of Spider-Man that existed in the comics, mm-hmm. uh, but haven't been in movies. Whereas there's a joy, and I think the the fan service part of it is the actors, and yeah. so seeing those specific portrayals of Spider-Man played by those actors. Yeah. There's something special about that, that even, you know, having them in the in Spider-Verse doesn't feel quite the same. But yeah. I think it's undeniable that Spider-Verse is the fucking trendsetter of of the millennia. I mean, and I, I, oh. thank God, like the Spider-Verse came out because now you have so many cool visual, you know, new style of animation. Like the next mm-hmm. the movie I'm kind of looking forward to is I keep saying this over and over again. It's a new Teenage, Teenage Mutant, Mutant, Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Sure. That movie would not have existed if Spider-Verse didn't do well. Like at least not like that. that. They, yeah, they would have done another Team and Team movie because they always do. Yeah. But it would have been something completely different and this just looks so refreshing and bright yeah. and and lovely and I just I I feel like there's something special to whatever Sony is doing with this studio where like I don't know if they just let them off the chain but this movie straddles so many art styles so seamlessly. It's like constantly shifting. Like one thing I noticed, and I'm, I'm sure an animator can tell me more, is that it's constantly shifting from being more like 2D plane sort of thing. It's always 3D models, but like yeah. the feeling is kind of more of a 2D film. And then it'll go and like pull depth out and really create like a sense of space. Yeah. And it just like, it'll do that seamlessly. And while it's doing that, it's changing the way the brush strokes work. It'll change the line work. Like there's times where there's like weird chromatic aberration and like literally outlines of stuff that kind of doesn't match or moves at a different frame rate. Yeah. And then there's like like ho- hobby or hobby ho- hobby, oh. uh, the like the punk one. Ho- Spider punk is literally I think the coolest Spider-Man design I've ever seen. And like because like, when I first saw him, I was like, oh yeah, okay, he's kind of cool. And then you see him in motion. You like the way he talks, the way he's integrated into the story. I was, yeah. You're right. He's the fucking coolest Spider-Man ever, yeah. man. He's incredible. And I, 
I love that one joke that though in the elevator, he's like, how you look so cool in and out of the mask? And he's like, mm. yeah, he's like, how do you look even cooler without the mask? Yeah. Oh, is that what and it was? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's Daniel Kaluuya. And that's another voice that's like, yeah, I know that voice well. I've seen him yeah. in a ton of movies, but it didn't really pull me out of it at all. No, I, and I that, that's the thing is I don't recognize any of these voices. I just like I just literally just want to like, enjoy this this movie. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think. One of my, I'm realizing one of my favorite kinds of characters is the like character that's like too good to be true. Yeah. And like you're the main character is kind of like sort of jealous or suspicious of, but then yeah. they turned out to be actually as good as you think they are. I Big just, fan. Like that happened in D and D like the paladin where it's like, Oh no, this guy's too good to be true. Fuck this yeah. guy. And then he turns out to be like the most pure good. Same thing with hobby. Like dude's a faker. Fuck this guy. And then you're like, okay, he's actually the sickest. Here's the thing is that I, 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 maybe this is me being skeptical. Like maybe I'm still skeptical because I haven't watched the end of the movie is I'm Mm kind of going, this is just talking about the storyline. This is my speculation. It's like, I wonder if he's still like, I wonder if he's actually like a bad guy. Cause he's like, he kind of like just still, he kind of like starts. Yeah. His his character is all about anarchy and fighting the system. Mm And he's kind of like him being part of the, I think the elite task force. I don't, I can't remember them name that sure. him being part of this group is kind of like anti him like he's anti-establishment mm-hmm. so it's like maybe he's just doing it because that's that's who he is or is does he have something sneaky because he he quits he lets spider-man out he teaches him how and then also seeds a a uh the wristband whatever a thing to yeah. gwen as well which so is I'm way like, cooler <laughs> which is super cool but i just like like you know, in a way, when you think about it, it's like the grand scheme of like, oh, is he like quasi being the bad guy a little bit? Maybe. I think anything's possible. Like they yeah. could definitely take that turn. I don't think that's going to be the arc they give him. I think yeah. it'll be, you know, he's indifferent and cold uh, and he like he just likes to see the world burn. But yeah. I think by the end of it, he'll buy in and I think he'll believe in Miles. I think that's going to be his arc is like understanding that like there is things worth fighting for there is things like there is good in this world i and like i don't think that he's not he doesn't believe that like he's still spider-man but yeah i i, uh, I would just i would like to see an evil spider-man and it's always come up during the whole spider-man canon storyline between mm-hmm. amazing fantastic and spider-man like those three timelines for mcu but i was just like i, I want to maybe for me that's why i'm hoping i was like i hope he's bad because it's just like, I want to see bad Spider-Man. I mean, like I said, anything's possible. It's hard to to know. I mean, we're kind of getting that with Miguel, but it's more that he's just misunderstood and he's set in his in his like plan. That's yeah. kind of not the right one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the I, yeah, I don't think Hobie's going to be bad, but uh, I just want to shout out. I saw something really cool on Twitter where they yeah. described part of the animation because they they animate every character differently. They give them very, they had different rules for how they can move. Like, uh, yeah. the Indian Spider-Man, oh, they base his movement off, so like a, off, a, off a real Indian martial arts. Mm. But, uh, Hobie, what they did is that like, they have his different distinct elements. So there's like him, his, uh, his guitar. And then there's another element and they animate them on different frames so that it moves kind of in a weird oh, creative way. And it really adds to the sense of like, anarchy or like of chaos. Cause like nothing's moving at the same same rate yeah um and then just like that that uh kind of like collage style they do with him even like the portal gun he gives gwen it's like instead of being like you know the the usual sci-fi portal yeah it's this weird like collage thing that's going and it just looks so incredible kind of out of place but like 
it's perfect because you know it's he's a being from a different dimension that's opening portals for these people yeah oh man it's so so incredible it's so good i think actually going back to the indians by the way i'd love how like he travels in like miles sneaks in and he goes like oh it's mumbatten it's like I just love yeah, all these yeah. like little things. I'm like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, like not Manhattan. Yeah. And I just to me, one thing I gee that think about that. Like I love that whole setting. I love the Indian Spider Man. I can't remember what his name is. I wish it did. Uh it's like a play on Peter Parker, but an Indian yeah. oh, I gotta look it it's up. Same, I gotta look it it's up. It's the same actor who plays the uh sidekick to Deadpool for the first second. Oh, and yeah, also yeah, yeah. third one. <laughs> That's awesome. He's a taxi. I knew driver. I recognized the voice, but I yeah. couldn't uh, yeah, now that you say that, I'm like, oh, of course it's him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> the one thing, too, is like, I think I got really kind of like, I loved it, but also started hating it is how they introduce all these spider people's origins. It's kind of like, okay, I get it. Like, I get it. This Can we move on from this joke? Like, did, how many times did they do it? I feel like they didn't do it that much. And like the last movie, that was the running gag of like, yeah. Like I'm Peter Parker. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. And then like I'm yeah, I'm this person. They did it with Miles because they had to redo it. Miles for a refresher. They skipped mm-hmm. Gwen because it was just like a longer version of mm-hmm. Gwen's. They did it with Miguel. They did it with Hobie. They did it with the Indian Spider-Man. And I think that may have been it. But just like it felt okay. like four times. I'm like you're getting to you're getting you're getting borderline close of like beating this joke or oh, this this style to death like it's almost i i don't agree it didn't bother me at all and i think because the content of them is so different it's like yeah. it's fine and like even the fact that every time it flashes a comic book and it's just like it feels very much like a comic book explanation explainer and it's yeah. it i get what you're saying but yeah. i didn't feel that way yeah i'm just uh, the, i'm just waiting for like the if they're gonna do it one more time it's like stop like i just i don't oh, want guarantee to, like, the, to address that like stop okay we can't do this in ways not all the time like just like some, i guarantee they're joke. gonna do it at l- many more times <laughs> it won't be that will be the last time <laughs> but uh so the indian spider-man's name is pavitar prabakar i love that he's <laughs> so, so it's good. like it's yeah uh so the yeah the actor is karan sony uh and then yeah hobie uh lila they didn't give us much on lila who's like kind of miguel's assistant like his like his siri I know his. Um, gr- oh, that one. Yeah, Lila. I don't yeah. know too much. The one thing I did. Here's actually the biggest problem. The whole movie. That Avatar one. I don't understand her motivation to help Miles. She's uh, just like kind of like no, the one that's uh, the computer. I think one. that. Yeah, I to me it was that she recognized that Miguel was too far gone, and she had like a kind of a moment with Miles where she understood that like he's a good guy. Yeah. And so I think. I think they might explore that more in the next movie. Like clearly she's part of the squad. Yeah. Um, but and it, so it, it they just might like, it's just like, Oh, one look and like, Oh, he got her. Like, damn, miles is smooth. But it's like eh, a little bit and like, to me, I like it needed like one extra minute. Like I just need something I think, to attach. To. I think that's fair. And they might give it to us. Like maybe in the next movie, you know, he, we realized she was watching or she saw something. Uh, and I think like, even just like watching how Miguel six, like a, a 500 Spider-Man on this teenage boy might yeah. be enough to be like, okay, Miguel is like losing it. Uh, and yeah. maybe, like I said, maybe she already felt like Miguel was maybe, sort yeah. of losing the touch. Um, but man, uh, what there, else? Yeah, the, oh, I, the other voice I, that now that I'm looking at the IMDb, the other voice that sort of pulled me out of it a little bit, but wasn't too bad is a uh, Jason Schwartzman as yes. spot. 
Yeah, I wanted to actually go there too, but yeah, J- like he's one like I immediately recognize. Like, oh, no, it's you because like he's in all like I recognize from all the Wes Anderson movies. Like, yeah. that's why I got it. And oh no, uh, yeah, Wes Anderson and also yep. uh, Edgar Wright with Scott Pilgrim. He's such yeah, a he's recognizable in- voice. Yeah, it's a very unique kind of like not soft spoken, but kind of, but very high pitched. Uh, like he speaks from a very specific part in his throat or something. Yeah, but uh, it's funny. I think. I like you. I know you were complaining that uh, the first fight doesn't have a sense of urgency, but I think what's really cool is that they take they take him from villain of the week kind of like jokey fight well, to I, making him a real fucking like well, existential actually, threat. Yeah, actually, wait, wait, back up. No, the first fight was the vulture one, is it? You're right, the Gwen yeah. one. But yeah, right, Gwen. That first. one I did. I didn't feel urgency. This one, yeah, it was exactly what you say. It's, it felt like fight of the week. He's just like having a good time because he, he explains he's mm-hmm. like right before he sees spots he's like yeah I'm Spider Man and I kick all these people's butt but I think for me out of the whole movie the spot was the biggest surprise like I just mm-hmm. I did did not see that coming no I and they do such a seamless job taking him from like kind of like silly you know he's trying to rob an ATM and becomes a fight and he breaks free and you're like oh whatever he'll show up later or whatever but the fact that you know he realizes that it's kind of like a interdimensional portal thing and he's like all right i can see yeah. these things and those are such fun snippets like when he goes to lego world or yeah. like the real world for a second like i i feel like that's what i'm excited for in the next movie and i kind of was expecting in this movie but i think it was smart to hold off is peeking into other dimensions more because yep. we only get like these really beef brief flashes and i have a feeling yeah. the next one we're going to be like jumping through worlds and having these big set pieces that are like interdimensional uh, yeah. Where like there's kind of like a mixed mar- or mixed art styles, um, but uh, those little bits with him are so fun, and it's just like they do such a seamless job from like taking him from goofy to like at the midpoint of the movie when we're in India, yeah, and like they kind of open that like there's just that void that opens up, and you're like, oh boy, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna take everything from you, Miles Morales, and you're like, uh oh, this is gonna be bad, yeah, yeah, and no, he just it's... becomes like a a big threat, yeah, I know, it just it was kind of weird because it's like, oh. Actually, no, I guess technically he's the fifth person they kind of did the Spider-Man intro with because he did that. He's like, yeah, I'm the this guy. I was actually the one who made you. And he kind of did the flip pages and he's the bagel guy, which is I, sure. uh, my favorite joke out of the first one. They brought it back to the second one. He's like, you threw a bagel at me. It's like, yeah. yes, that's so cool how you like you didn't have to like like it was just like a thing that I think probably everyone loved for the first movie. He's like, oh, we're going to tie it back in here. Yeah. And I love how. Right now on YouTube, there's a million memes about that interaction. Like someone did like a t- quick time event. It's like doing that whole scene. It's like Miles, what do you do? Uh, just run away, press X or circle to throw the bagel, and you yeah. push circle, and he has all these like little like clips of oh, you actually screwed yourself by throwing the bagel. Like you, that's that. This is this is that was the wrong that, choice. That was the wrong choice. Yeah, yeah. what what? <laughs> it's like uh, the Telltale games where they have like the like thing in the top right corner, like. Yeah, whatever his name will remember this bagel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like it just it just seeing him progressively get stronger, and you show that these villains are actually like really have depth to them. Just mm-hmm. made me appreciate how well written this movie is because it's like I oh, yeah. didn't see that coming. I thought it was just a vehicle for Miles and his dad to kind of bond as like him struggling to like should I tell them the truth or not. Mm-hmm. Well, how do I deal with the situation? But it's like, oh, it was that. And also this guy's going to fuck everything up in the third one. Or <laughs> how I'm actually predicting is that he's going to be the solution of how to fix everything. 
because i can definitely see that he does have the power it seems like he does have the power like you said he's going through all the dimensions actually the one the real world one that one was from venom because it's from the, the oh the that's right yeah because yeah, that's what like, she's i i recognize yeah. her but i can't remember from what okay that that's why she was sense. like I, this is this is nothing new to me it's like i've seen weirder shit like this is yeah. fine i'm like ah yeah. like yeah cool you got that yeah. lego spider-man is definitely a good part but yeah i i think i can't wait to see how miles deals with spot because he is mm-hmm. at that level because he has it looks like he has unlimited spots uh he is probably going to be the most OP bad guy. Well, and I, I agree. I think your prediction that he might be the solution at the end isn't like impossible because I don't think they present Spot as like this hopeless evil villain. And like maybe, you know, as he absorbs the darkness, he becomes more and more evil. Yeah. But I could see him being like redeemable um, and being an important piece to the finale. I think um, I think he has like misunderstanding and he's just putting personal blame on Spider-Man, even though it's yeah. not really his fault. He kind of yeah. just like was there. Uh yeah, like it just to me, it's just like that was just I though actually I do share the same criticism. He just kind of disappears after India, which makes sense. But also it's yeah. kind of like eh, I I was hoping well, I don't he think would he, come in. I don't at, think at he fully disappears. I think that he's <laughs> He's active and like the last I think we see of him is in India, right? But it's like yeah. he's creating this interdimensional void that I think is going to come into play in a really important way. And so yeah. it'll be interesting because I really hope that, uh, you know, it's a movie all about like multi dimensions and there's this being that can go multi dimensional. And I, they've done such a good job kind of blowing out ideas in creative ways. Yeah. I hope that they blow out his multi dimensionality really interestingly where like the Spider-Man have to straddle different realities to fight him all at once. Like it's like he exists in all these dimensions and it's not just like, you know, he's a super Saiyan spot guy who can punch really hard interdimensionally. It's like, I hope they do a really cool kind of like trippy rendition of what it would mean to be something that exists outside of time and space. Yeah. Uh, And I I think they have it in them to do something really clever and cool that we haven't seen before, but I don't want to set my expectations too high. uh, And then, feel disappointed so yeah. i don't know actually this is the one thing i wanted to kind of say this is one thing that kind of made me realize why i can love movies and i extremely love movies like those those like hate or dislike hate okay about like love and in this extremely ecstatic about it is that i think to me i love this movie i'm not extremely ecstatic by it because the first one did that because my expectations was so low for the first like the yeah. first one you're like oh a sony animation spider-man movie yeah it looks all right i don't know and then it just became great but i think this is my problem is that i already had such high expectations for this movie it can never get into the extremely love like I, how i liked the first one because it didn't like surprise me of how good it is uh mm-hmm. th- th- that's the one thing i'm kind of realizing with me watching movies again it's like mm-hmm. my expectations are can be very very levels very variety of levels and mm-hmm. it's like it's it's gonna be unreasonable for some movies to hit this level because like i i have to either not know anything about the movie before i go in yeah or have everyone have the same reasonable expectations to get in there or chances to get in there or i just you know i have a bias pin which is very true like everyone has bias pin but everything uh well yeah and and i heard a saying it's like the only true objectivity is subjectivity aware of itself and i believe that where it's like you can't really be objective about anything because you know you always have an opinion going in yeah. i find the best movie experiences i have 
I usually know nothing about the movie and I just go in and I'm like, all right. And then it just surprises me. And I, I hear what you're saying where this movie was a lot less surprising than the first one. The first one, we don't really know what we're going into. Uh, and it's just this bonkers, crazy, creative venture. Mm. But, but um, what I found was I had very high expectations, like very, very high expectations. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. You wait. You go blow your nose. Let's we'll take a pipe break. Go blow your nose or something. Oh, I need an air purifier. Like, <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I just I, I muted my mic. and Everything. Yeah. Oh, wait. More tissue papers. Hell yeah, yeah. If you want to go to the bathroom or anything, uh, get more tissue papers or something. It's it's one of those things where it's like it just keeps flooring. Like like that's the bad thing. Yeah, fucking sucks, man. Smoke. Um, All right. Yeah, I went into this with exceptionally high expectations and like kind of expecting that like it probably wouldn't live up to it. Um, and I felt like I it fully lived up to my very lofty expectations. Yeah, I think. It's really hard to rate this movie specifically when we don't have an ending. And there's yeah. lots of two-parter movies that have like a clear three-act structure and kind of like a beginning, middle, end with like an arc. Yeah. Uh, and then they kind of like leave it open to this. But that's not what this is. This is an incomplete story. And it's like almost a disservice to rate it, you know, as its own thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you were like, okay, David, you have to rate it. Like I'm pointing a gun at your head and you have to give it a score. I'm giving like into the spider verse, like a 9.5. And I would give this probably a little bit lower because I didn't feel like the, I didn't feel the emotional satisfaction from yeah. having these big arcs completed. No, it's, and I think so, I'm in hundred percent the same boat. Like first one, I think I'd give it almost like 9.8. Cause it's like, that's how sure. much I love it. Uh, this one nine, but here's also reason why I'm giving it a lo like lower too, because it's just like fantastic. It's going to be awesome. It's just that also you need to watch the first one to understand what the fuck's going on in the second one. Like it's, that's yeah. a problem. It's like this one. It's like you have, it's not a standalone movie. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of like, if you want to have any sort of enjoyment, you have to watch the first movie. Yeah. I'd be really curious. I love when people don't watch the first movie of a franchise and they come in later, what they yeah. think. I think this would be a really hard time. So it's, it's funny because I was in Edmonton this weekend to visit my grandma uh, and I knew I had to watch this movie at some point uh, so we could podcast. Yeah. And then uh, I, it came it came up when I was planning with. So my mom was there. And my, so I was with my mom. She's like, we were trying to plan stuff to do. And I was like, oh, we should go see Into the Spider-Verse almost as a joke because she hasn't seen it. Her partner hasn't seen it. My grandma hasn't seen the first one. And also, like, this is a not a movie for, I think, an older crowd. I think no. it's like you have to have that not like young person, but like that mod moderate, like the the ADHD brain of modernity yeah. where you're like used to things happening really fucking fast and really flashy yeah. uh, and you can kind of keep keep up with like a crazy pace yeah and i don't think my 92 year old grandma would have understood <laughs> what was happening She'd be like, and ah. so I, that one because it's tough my grandma like actually likes to go to movies and that's she just can't do much anymore it's hard because she she's yeah. a walker or whatever yeah. uh but movies is something she actually was like oh i would love to go to the movies and i was like wait no <laughs> i was like i don't think i want to go to spider-verse with you but I, I, then i got curious i'm like maybe she would love it maybe there's so much happening that they wouldn't fully get it but they would yeah. still or there might be it. like case points where she recognizes the old like comic book art style too because mm -hmm. there was one our comic book art style that i recognize because i grew up with it is that you yeah. see like the black outline you see these like little dots like yeah. that's like silver age to golden age Yep. in between sure. you see that everywhere and it's just like i love this i love all these like little small things yeah and like i i mean we could like 
if we had the movie, we could spend like three hours just like s- pressing play and pause and just be like, that's Spider-Man. That's from this. That's Spider-Man. That's from this. That's yeah. Spider-Man. That's from this. And even like, like even like the cameo of Donald Glover as Uncle Aaron. Oh, that Patrick, was. It's clever. So good. Like, I'm like, is, is that the Donald Glover from the, the uh, MCU? Tom, the Tom Holland one? Like, I hope Damn. so. That'd be so cool. Because it's, yeah, I mean. In the Tom Holland one, that is Uncle Aaron, but we haven't seen him as the Prowler. He was kind of just like this low-level gangster dude. Um, yeah. And so it'd be interesting if he shows back up in the MCU. Because apparently, like, I'm curious to see the impacts that Spider-Verse has on MCU world. Because in this, they pull live-action people into it, and it feels not so bad. And but also, I have a feeling the, yeah. the other way will be more jarring. Like, having yeah. animated characters in a live-action movie is more jarring than live-action characters in an animated movie. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah, you watch, like, you know, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You, like, think some parts of, like, uh, live Last action hero? Oh, no, like I can't remember what. Or like Mary Poppins or something like that. It's like, it just it doesn't. Space Jam. Look right. it, yeah, Space Jam. That's a big one. Uh, it doesn't look right. It never looks right. Well, I guess Space Jam is more like the Donald Glover situation in uh into or crosses Spider Verse. But anyways. but it's like there there is scenes where there's animated yeah. characters in the live action world, and that doesn't look as good as when at live action characters are in the animated world. Like that's the better part oh, of the okay. movie. Well, actually, I'm, I'm thinking about like animated characters in a live action world it does i'm not sure it'll look quite no that looks yeah that's what i'm saying is that that doesn't look good yeah it doesn't Um, look good so i i think think i'm really because you know it's already leaked out that they're going to make miles morales a live action miles morales which i'm really hesitant about i'm like i'm not looking forward to it it's okay it's probably like he's probably going to come in like phase six or phase seven probably which i'm going to assume i'm actually shocked i I assumed, and maybe I should be an MCU writer, because uh, <laughs> and end of the last Spider-Man movie, yeah. everyone has their minds wiped of Peter Parker, so he doesn't really exist. He's kind of like alone. All his friends forget him. Everyone forgets him. So in order to save the world, yeah. And so he was going to be all by himself. So I thought that was the best opportunity they could ever have to introduce Miles Morales as his only friend. Is like he he finds this kid and he kind of mentors him. Uh, and that's like a good, I, I don't think it should be Miles Morales Spider-Man yet. I think it should just be just like this kid who shows up and then at, like, he's like, what's your name? Oh, Miles. Yeah. And then the audience is like, is but that, I, th- yeah. Is that kind of like the the video game one? Because he like, Peter is like friends with Miles and then Miles became Spider-Man and it kind of like did the same kind of thing. Yeah. So that's what I kind of expected it to be was something like that. Because I, I like the way they do it in the video game where at the end yeah. of the game, Miles is Spider-Man E, but he's not fully formed. And then you do the Miles Morales like DLC. It's not DLC, but the standalone game. Yeah. Uh, because and, Spider-Man like, had to go on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I I I love that DLC. I love that story. I like that rendition yeah. of Miles. I I obviously I like Into the Spider-Verse Miles more. I th- I find the video game Miles sounds like an older man, not older man, but like it sounds like a 25-year-old trying to sound like a teenager like putting on a voice yeah because he's still like 16 17 in the game right uh he's still in high school uh, yeah they must be like seniors in high school but he he sounds like an older person trying to sound young whereas this spider-man uh voiced by uh, shit what's his name uh shameek moore but he's still in his 20s though yeah well and he they're they're probably about the same age is my guess because he's 20 so it's 1995. So he's like 28. Yeah. Um. But he just sounds like a kid to me. Like he just sounds like a teenager. 
Yeah. Uh, and he did a good job aging up the voice. Like he sounds older than he did in the last one. I yeah. mean, that was five years ago. So I guess it, he is older. Yeah. But um, it doesn't, I don't hear the older actor in the voice as much. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I fucking love the movie. Everyone should go see it. Uh, and if you haven't seen the first one, you should stop whatever you're fucking doing and go see the first one right now uh, oh. and then go watch the second one. Actually, here's one thing, because like, you see okay. Gwen going back to her. She gets sent back to her universe and finally confronts her dad, which is really cool. I love that interaction. Yeah. But here's the thing. I'm confused. Maybe this is why I couldn't hear this because what like, movie has fucking sound. It's like Crystal Nolan Jr. in this freaking movie. Uh, the dad, the dad's not a cop. But why is he in a cop's uniform? The dad is a cop. I thought he said he quit from being a captain. He just quit. Yeah, he just quit. Oh, because she came back. Well, he quit after he was going to stop her. And I think he had a crisis of consciousness. Yeah. And he quit. Is my is my guess. Is what I thought it was. But, I mean, someone in the comments tell us. Yeah, please tell us. Because um, like, yeah. he was still in a cop's uniform. Or is he a rent-a-cop now? Because like that's what I'm like confused about. Because it's been a couple months. Oh, no. I don't think it's been a couple months. I think it's just been a couple, like... like Weeks slash days. Um, like I don't think it's been that long. Like I think he probably just quit like a day or two ago is my guess. Yeah, because um, I thought it was a couple months. Like, Because she was like, yeah, I've been doing this for a couple months now. Oh, maybe. Um, but the other thing that we kind of for, didn't talk about is uh, Kilometer Immorales. <laughs> what? That's, uh, that's uh, Miles Morales in Universe 42 where there is no <laughs> Spider-Man. Yes. And I... Hey fucking love it yeah i i love how the fact that he became the prowler because it just made sense it just shows me that the writers are thinking well ahead and it it's like does this make sense it does make sense because miles does have the potential to be a hero but if he doesn't mm -hmm. have the opportunities or the guidance that he got he could easily become a bad guy because mm -hmm. you know aaron may have been the prowler but he just kind yeah. of pass it off to Miles, who has all the abilities to be a yeah. uh, a villain, and he is a villain. Yeah, and I I think it works really well in the the theme of like you are who you choose to be. Um, where in this universe, a different set of tragedies happen. Um, yeah. and that's what you know Miles chooses to be in this universe, and it's it's not that Miles universe Miles from the main universe that we're watching couldn't have done this it's just like they made different choices they had different things happen to them uh and so i'm very curious to see my feeling is they won't have prowler miles be evil and i think that would suck if they do i think he'll be like a early movie like villain kind of where it's like he is against them and they have to fight him but i yeah. think he'll be redeemed pretty quick and become an important piece of how they fix things i i would I would like to say that I, what I would hope this is like, I, I, I can see that. I can definitely see that's a, the usual thing is I, I, I hope that he is actually a good guy, but he has to do bad things. Like, yeah, the Spider-Man, Spider-Man never existed in this world. It's all shit. And so he's kind of like, I have to defend my mom because the mom is like a carbon, carbon copy of uh 1610 yeah. Earth, whatever miles is original, you know, whatever. Is, yeah. The original one, uh, is, his universe, like it just because he didn't see any differences between his that mom and his mom, and that he's just there because he has to fight to survive. This is what he has to do. He's a prowler, but he's not prowler bad guy like how his original uncle was. So mm -hmm. I think he's 
good, but he's hardened good that he just kind of like does everything to survive and he's just going to use Miles to like make money so he can support his family. Like that kind of style, like a bad guy, bad guy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because we see Uncle Aaron give real Morales a bunch of cash, which is kind of usually sketchy, but it's like maybe... Maybe not. Maybe it's like in this hardened world where like everything's on fire and it's like yeah. it's unhappy. It's like they're just doing what they need to do to survive. Yeah. And I think that's I agree. I think that's a good angle to take where it's not that people are evil. It's that people do what they have to do to survive. Yeah. And I think that's I hope they take that angle. And then he realizes that he can do so much more with yeah. the Prowler powers. Yeah. So he's and like so, he's like what, what pro- he's like Spider-Man, but not Spider-Man, but just with Prowler powers. Powers, which I don't understand what his powers are. What is the power? Power? Uh, he can move really fast. He can hit really hard. Uh, so typical bad guy. <laughs> so yeah, like in yeah, maybe the reason why uh, I have the same kind of feelings about this movie, but a lot of other trilogies is like mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Uh, and also Infinity War. Like this is after I watched Infinity War, I had the same feelings as this movie because I knew there was a second one coming. Mm-hmm. And Infinity War ended very with a cliffhanger, technically. And this one ended the same way, kind of way. I think I would differentiate Infinity War from this um, because, like, it's a kind of. A, I feel like it's more enclosed because the the movie is structured around Thanos as the protagonist. Like, he's the one that's True. active. He's the one that's you know. He, if you look at like break it down in a three act structure, it's like it's him, and he succeeds, and like that's kind of like the end of that is like. Like the Avengers are trying to stop Thanos from accumulating the stones and killing half of the people in the universe. Yeah. And the movie ends with like them failing. And I think that that's a, such a cooler cliffhanger because it's like it's not even presented as a cliffhanger. It's presented as a the Avengers lost. See you next year. Um, <laughs> and I think that that was that was like nobody thought that Black Panther and Spider-Man were gone for good. No one was like. <laughs> Oh my God, we're never going to get like another one of these super profitable main movies. Um, but I think it was really cool from like a MCU perspective to have that happen, to have the heroes lose. Um, yeah. And this it, doesn't feel quite that. It didn't. Infinity Wars feels a little more close to me. Yeah. This feels like we're building up, baby. We're going into act two. And then it's like, oh, nope. See you yeah. next year. I definitely see what you all with Thanos part. I think for me, I just like it's to me. I like I have another movie to look forward to, sure. and that brings me back to my second point. Man, I was in a pack theater. I haven't been to a pack theater for like years, like maybe yeah. a decade. Yeah, the amount of people who did not know there was a two parter was like I must have been <laughs> like the one percent. Everyone was like, "What the no! fuck?" Oh, yeah. like everyone just lost their shit <laughs> and i was just like this me going it's <laughs> hilarious yeah. like people threw i felt popcorn. people threw popcorn <laughs> that's really funny i yeah. yeah i knew it was i told the p i told cassie and zoe that it was i didn't want to spoil anything and i didn't really know anything spoil worthy but i was like just so you know it's this ends on a cliffhanger like it's we're not getting the whole story and they're like okay and i feel like that's a good thing to know going in and yeah. it sucks because you're like like you said, you don't can't emotionally engage in the same way. You're kind of just you're anticipating the end coming before the story is done. Yeah. But it also is so much less painful when it's like, holy shit, all these things are happening. Oh, fuck. Oh, we got we got evil Miles Morales, baby. Oh, shit. Oh, we got a whole team of Spider-Man yeah. back, baby. We're going. We're going. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like it's over. And you're like, yeah. 
it's not as bad when I yeah. knew that you you could feel it when you when you're anticipating you could feel it. We're doing these like last minute things to yeah. get us hyped for the next movie, but we're not going to pay them off. Yeah. So even though I complained, it is like, oh, I wish it was like a complete movie. I'm glad it's not a complete movie at the same time. Yeah. This is why I'm conflicted because the movie is so well paced that it has, you know, even though, I, yes, I complained about the fight scene just being vehicles for the dialogue and story driven, everything, whatever. Everything felt really paced. Like everything, everything is really well paced. That I know everything about Gwen's storyline, uh, even like Daddy Spider Man, Miguel's storyline, everything didn't feel too rushed. It didn't feel like the yeah. Super Mario movie where I didn't have time to breathe and appreciate characters. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. Like this is happening. That's his motivation. Awesome. Next. Done. Yeah. Done. Done. High pace action. Lo- like a lot of cool dialogue. High pace action. Good dialogue. That's that's why I loved about it. Yeah, it's it's hard to pinpoint like anything major I would change about this movie. Like you said, there's like little nitpicks and stuff. Yeah, but it's it's fucking awesome. They fucking nailed it. And I'm so pleased. Uh, Somehow they stepped up the game. It's not as much of a surprise, but I think this movie like they in every way they've stepped up the game. Yeah. Uh, And so we will see in, in nine months to a year or whatever, if they can if they can bring it home. I think if this if the finale is good. Yeah. The the duology will be seen as better than the first one, and then if they don't, then the duology as a whole yeah. will be seen. As I think first. the duology, they, the only thing that will ever probably suffer is that you have to watch the first one. Like you have to watch that one. You have to watch this. But at the end of the day, it's like yes, you should watch the first one. You yeah. don't if you don't watch the first. One. And that's pretty normal as an audience. I think we're pretty used to watching series now. Like I, yeah. it's like oh, you want to watch Harry Potter 7? Like, okay, you have to watch, you know, six more movies. I mean, Or yeah. like Lord of the Rings, you can't just start at Return of the King. And I'm I fine. mean, I'm yeah, fine. maybe I just, for me, because my brain sets, like I did play The Witcher 1, I played a little bit Witcher 2, and I finished Witcher 3. I just needed to know like little bits of the first and second one. I needed to play them mm-hmm. and just to enjoy them. Like, that's but I think video games, are, video games are a little bit different in that way, yeah. especially it's like there's some franchises that are like you don't need to have watched Amazing Spider-Man two to get into the Spider Verse, and that's the same franchise. Yeah. But this is one story, and yeah. so it's like it's it it is complete together, and it it's I, I hear that, but to yeah. me it's not a downside. It's just a hey, we got one really fucking great movie, and look, we're they keep going, baby. Yeah. Maybe you know so. what would be kind of fun before the third one because we're both hyped for it. Yeah. Is we should maybe do a watch party. To whoever's like wants to like watch the first one and the second one, like we'll watch it like weeks, like week over week, but like just like so we could pause, go like this is what is this movie's great because okay. look at this, this, the, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. see it analyzed because I, I actually would enjoy doing that. Yeah, I uh, I could I could get into that. I could also get into doing like a marathon. I've always wanted to do like an MCU marathon for like charity <laughs> or something. You can just you do can the do entire that. thing. You could do that with the 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 Let's Weigh It YouTube Spider-Man's. channel. But yeah, yeah, I, right. I yeah. Even just the Spider Mans now, there's so many because it's Tobey Maguire one two three, <laughs> Adam Garfield one two, Tom Holland one two three, uh, into the Spider Verse. So it's like just that. That's like what nine movies, ten movies. Yeah. Um, I, I still think my favorite Spider Man, not including the Miles Morales like these ones, is Tobey Maguire in number two. Like they, yeah, to me, that same. is the best one that I could never go. If I'm gonna go show anyone a Spider-Man movie, it's like just watch this one. You're you're gonna you appreciate I, everything. I it's it's definitely my favorite as well. I don't think 
it holds up for everybody. There's some people that just like it's not the right tone and it's True. kind of dated, but I think the date like the, the datedness adds to its charm. Yeah. Uh and it's yeah, it's like you it's definitely my favorite other than the Spider-Verse movies. Yeah. Um and but like they're cheesy. We did them on uh Carpal Critics and like everyone uh, liked them. Yeah. But both Riley and James were like they're good. It's good, but like, you know, it's old. <laughs> So. Uh, no, but, but it's it's definitely my favorite fucking pizza time yeah pizza time <laughs> i love that uh, but anyways any, uh, do you have any do you have anything else to say on spider-verse spider-verse uh nine out of ten out of the three personas i'm probably in the middle of all three but uh if you don't watch this fuck you yeah this is i i'm not gonna give it a specific score i'm gonna wait till the next one and i can kind of score both together i i think there's no one on this planet that shouldn't go see spider-verse if they've seen the first one uh and i think if you haven't seen the first one go watch it now it's I, they're incredible uh and it's the best of animation yeah. like it's just absolutely phenomenal and like it's yeah it's mainstream it's superheroes but they they elevate it they do something special uh and it's just thrilling and like i said i left the theater on a high just like the last one you just like man they did something so special yeah it all actually yeah it just it's just a beautiful actually one thing i want to say is I know I keep propping AMC so much. Yeah, uh, you talk to him so much. <laughs> Dolby Cinema Experience? Holy shit. It's like, oh my God. Like, dude, like if you are like a 100% hardcore moviegoer, watch it Dolby Cinema. You're, you're not going to regret it. Dude, I'll watch this in 3D. I don't think there is a 3D version. I hope not. Uh, but Dolby I mean, Cinema, it could have so been good, but you know that it would be shitty. Yeah. Um, it just it but, sounded uh, so good. Yeah, yeah. And you know the parts where like, the buildings are collapsing. Mm-hmm. The chairs vibrated. It was just like, whoa. I didn't see that coming. I was like, I'm so immersed. I love this. Oh, so perfect. Vibrated from like the rumble of the bass or like from like a motor the in the chair? The rumble of the bass. Okay. It just, it just, it sounds so good. I didn't really yeah. understood the fandom on Dolby until I watched this movie. I'm like, oh, I get it now. I get it. Sure. And it's sure. so good. And also the value is so good. Holy crap. 21 to 50. Plus a five dollar credit, they paid me a dollar to watch this movie. <laughs> I mean, hell yeah, AMC, you can be our next sponsor. <laughs> Please sponsor us. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I guess that finishes Spider Verse. We can move on. Uh, let's talk about something we both have watched uh, and have opposite feelings from Spider Verse on. Ted Lasso, the finale. It happened last week. Yep. Uh, and oh boy, did they f- fucking <laughs> suck. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I won't speak for you, but for myself, man, this there's bright spots in the third season. We've kind of we've talked about it briefly yeah. uh, last week or two weeks ago. Go back if you want to hear broad thoughts. But I was hoping this finale would really bring it home. But it might be the worst episode of the season. Um, I felt no emotional satisfaction. Yeah. I thought a bunch of the stuff that happens was like really <laughs> dumb and simple. Um, and like every conversation that happens is like they thought this was good. Like. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know what happened, but that was a. Ter- it was a terrible finale. So yes, it's bad. It's it's not. It's season three is by far the worst. They couldn't stick the landing. It's just not great. I hated. I like how the soccer match or the football match started. I hated mm-hmm. how it ended. It's like you literally took North American sports teenage tropes like you literally airbud the ending it's like oh date oh fake the date like do the date thing and then jay yeah. it's like oh pass the ball let me pass it it's like yeah and, and someone else scores i'm like this is what why could it 
Why did you do this? Like, it, you made it so campy that it didn't feel real. Like, all the yeah. soccer matches, maybe with Zaba, who cares? Uh, it felt like it was a legit match. Like, I could see, like, oh, this would have really happened. Sure. Like, but this one was the most, like, campy, cartoonish shit I've ever seen. It just ruined mm-hmm. everything. I'm like, wow, you just you fucking, like, destroyed me here. I don't like you. I don't. I used to love watching the first and part of the second season of Ted Lesso. I don't want to watch this at all. I took it off my favorite no, I'll list. never go back. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. never watch it because it's just so dumb. And I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I feel like they just, like, they have all these scenes that you're like, they sh- this should be a good scene. Like, the few times Rebecca and Ted talk, and, you know, it's like she's trying to beg him to stay and I all love this the, stuff. I, I actually like, like those scenes. Those scenes are actually really good. I thought they were okay. I thought the airport one was like it was too much. Just like made me. It was didn't make me feel anything. Yeah. And then I thought when she saw. So I think one thing that's super stupid is, um, they go back to the guy from Amsterdam. Like the pilot shows up with the kid, and I was like, this is nothing. And then it's like, what the fuck was this whole, um, like the 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 psychic plot? It's like okay, they they someone makes a comment of like you know she's the mother of the team, and I'm like. That's fucking stupid. No, it's not her family. That's not yeah. a fucking family. Fuck you. Yeah. And then like, I thought that love was just like not well written and kind of weird and awkward. Uh, I thought it was so the so general random nitpick. Yeah. For some reason, this episode's green screen across the board was fucked up. Like every edge on the green screen was so fucked up in the game. Normally the games like you can kind of tell, you know, yeah. it's not a real stadium, whatever. But this one, like, they would have like their noses disappear for a frame or they'd have like their hair all <laughs> fucked up. And yeah. then that, that final sequence where, I mean, spoilers for Ted Lasso, who cares? Don't fucking watch it. <laughs> when Ted, Ted is on the plane and it's presented as uh, Beard is getting married at Stonehenge or whatever, but it's probably a flash. Or it's probably a dream sequence of him like as, as it is. Either way, it's fucking stupid. But the special effects in that scene are like a joke. It's like yeah. fucking Sharknado level. I was shocked yeah. at how bad the fucking CG was in that scene. And, and also, Ted understand. wasn't there, too. Ted wasn't there. I'm like, yeah. why is he not there? He would have fucking made the trip for Coach Beard's well, wedding. So I, I, the explanation I've heard, and I think like makes sense, is that it's a dream sequence in his head. So he, it's him dreaming about how everyone will be fine without him. I don't but give a shit. That's a stu- I don't give a, a shit. Bet. It's just fucking stupid, and it's lazy. And like I was so disappointed i thought maybe the season will be good if the ending is there i thought they had a good ending in mind yeah but this was so generic so unsatisfying so uncreative and it just felt like it what it felt like is they were rushing to get off the show they were ready to be done they kind of like it to me it feels like they had the first season and that's what they had in their head yeah and then they're like okay we're gonna expand it do the second season and they're like i want to end this i want to end this and this third season feels like such a fucking write-in like they just didn't try it, it felt li- like they were just it literally was the creator went like this like ch- ch- time to die yeah. like i just like here's the here's the thing i hate i i really hate was he had maybe this is me maybe because i don't have a kid but it's like mm-hmm. he could be the highest paid football manager in the entire world if he stayed yeah i would be like yo son you come live here like, I just don't understand, like, why can't you just, like... Yeah, it's. I agree. It's, I oh. I thought that was... I thought that that was maybe what the episode was going to, like, end with, is that, like, 
He's like, I have to be with my family. And it's like, I'm sorry, I have to leave. I have to go and be with my family. Yeah. And then his family shows up and is like, we're here to be with you. And it's yeah. like, that would have been such a better ending of like, like, I get it. They wanted to close and having Ted leave means yeah. that they can make it a, they can make a spinoff. Uh, and the spinoff is going to be the woman's team is my guess. Um, oh God. And that, God, that no. could be good. Oh. I, th- I'm okay with it being that different. Yeah. If it's like that different of a show. It's like, okay, yeah. fine. Everyone to, can come in and do cameos and yeah. shit. To, to be clear, I'm in favor for women's football, but to me, mm-hmm. that just felt like, it just felt so weird. It's like a, a women's league. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You guys never had a women's league at that level at a premiership? Like, yeah. Oh, this is the first time I've thought about it. Oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. you guys are so stupid. You guys haven't thought about that. Like, why? I agree. It's like, oh, like, I don't know. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. Of all these decisions. And it's honestly like when you actually look at the room, there was a room where Nate's back being the kit assistant kit manager. Like, it just like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, am I just looking at season one again? Like, this whole snapshot, like, oh, uh, Keely's back, Rebecca's there, Leslie. Like, it just, it just, it didn't feel like anyone grew. It's just like, oh, well, we're just back yeah, to I, season one. I get what they're doing. And I think like you can do that, but then you have to then very quickly demonstrate how people have grown. Yeah. And they kind of, they kind of do, but I, I thought like so many of those scenes felt so unsatisfying. Like finally we get Nate and Ted in a room to like hash it out. Yeah. And they don't fucking hash it out. Just Nate's like, I'm so sorry. And cries into his arms. And it's supposed to be this really sweet, tender moment. And I'm like, no, Ted's arc is that he needs to air his grievances. He needs to fucking speak up for himself and communicate that he's been hurt. And that was a necessary moment for him to be like, hey, Nate, you really fucking hurt my hurt me. Yeah. I loved you and I showed you so much kindness and you fucking stabbed me in the back. Yeah, I, I'm so mad. And then Nate can be like, okay, I'm sorry, have this breakthrough. But having Ted go back to just being like, like un, unwavering, just like acceptance, yeah. that's not an arc. That's just like returning to season one again. And it's like, it's, it sucks to have him return to being an iconic character like that, where it's just like, there is no growth. He's just is the way he is. Yeah. When they've, 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 they have done that same with, this is the thing that pissed me off the fucking most of the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Is the Jamie Tarting Roy Kent shit. Oh, they, they spend all season. They spend the whole show season one, two, three building up this fucking beautiful friendship, this beautiful level of communication and this openness that Roy Kent has never had this mutual admiration. And they, they have these incredible moments this season. This yeah. beautiful, beautiful moments. And then in the end, you know, oh, I want to date Keely. No, I want to date Keely. No, I want to date Keely. And it's like, okay, yeah, like, you know, you can have a moment of failure and they 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 overcome it or shit. But the fact that they go to Keely after and like, you got to pick. It's just like, it's shitty writing. And it's like, yeah, you can make a logical justification as to like, yeah, you know, people make mistakes even when they've grown. But it's just so unsatisfying as an audience member watching the show. And it's not the kind of show that's all about subverting, you know, expectations or character growth. It's a show about paying off things in an emotionally satisfying way. And they fuck it up. They fuck up that landing. And they're like, oh, I guess we're still friends, right? Oh, yeah, buddy. We're still friends. Let's dude. go get a burger. And like, it's like, oh, yeah. And like the worst thing they fucking do about it is Jamie Tart claims uh, ownership over Keeley by being like, yeah, that fucking video of her, like, like that nudie video of her, that was for me. And that's what, like, sets them off. And I'm like, 
No, that's not the Jamie Tart that has grown to be accountable and responsible and like a better person. Yeah. That's season one, Jamie, who's just a fucking prick. And I was so fucking pissed. <laughs> what is it about Jamie's yeah. in fucking shows? Why is it that, that that Jamie, what is it, Jamie Lannister had the same thing happen? That he goes, he has this huge arc, and then in the last second, he just goes back to being a shitty person right at the end. Jamie fucking Tart. Same, same fucking thing. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck. You. Yeah, it just so it just pissed. it just so lazy. It just like the whole how the show became. It's like oh, it's like here's the one thing that still pissed me off. It's like why does everything revolve around Manchester City Football Club? It's like the last one, all the real manager appears as a cameo. This one, oh, did yeah. they win the Premier League because Man City won? It's like why is this fucking show like who? This is not this show is Ted Lasso. It's not. Man, yeah. Ted Lasso brackets really about Manchester City. It's like fuck. Yeah. Like who cares? Who cares? They could lose. I'm sorry, M- MC fans. They that that team can lose and not win the Premiership. Yeah. Let let fucking Richmond win. Just like please, please God. Like he spent yeah. three years on this. Just be like cool. We won guys trophy and then he yeah. leaves. But here's the one thing that made me mad. Going back to like relocation of the kids. It's like why are you going back to your fucking wife, dude? Just Leave her like obviously everything I've seen in the show. She has not treated you that like respected your opinions. It didn't you because you're fucking dating your therapist. That is so fucked up on so many levels. I agree. I thought that they did a really poor job explaining why he wants to go back to her. They do a great job showing his love for his son and that he wants to be with his son. But I like they don't give us any reason to like her. Like the, the things that she does that makes us like her is when she is like annoyed with the therapist guy. And I'm like, yeah. this is not good writing. This sucks. <laughs> it's like the sun's so, like, anyways, I hate it. Also, I hate it. Like how they had the kind of like the boyfriend, the therapist person in a game, just representing all of America going, Oh, yeah. can't wait for his years. Okay. Like, shut the fuck up. Why is this? Why is this guy here? Just, yeah. just leave. Like, yeah, it just, ugh. I thought it Yeah. It was like, I get what they're trying to do, but it just felt so clumsy, ham-fisted, boring, uninteresting. And I think that that's just like Ted Lasso season three is it's just fucking such a failure. And it sucks. It used to be a show I was passionate passionate about. Yeah, first season, I was like, what a refreshingly optimistic show that shows that like goodness and kindness can win. And they just lost their way, man. Yeah. They just lost their way and they lost the narrative. And it's such a bummer to, for it to end so poorly. I've just, I, it, it's just so bizarre. Like, how did Bill, Bill Lawrence let this happen? Like, it's so weird. Like, they ended Scrubs so well. Like, to me, it's like the best way to end this, like, end a show. Okay, you're, you're, you're but, talking about everything but the last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's like, yeah, oh. like the real ending, the real ending. Yeah, but it's like, I just, oh, it's just to me, it's just like. It's so frustrating because, like, I was like before season three of Ted Lasso and like watching Shrinking. I'm like, man, Bill Lawrence is on a fucking tear. Like doing Shrinking, doing all these yeah. like other great shows with Apple. Like he's gonna be like the modern day Christopher Lloyd. Like he's like this is gonna be good. Like he's gonna be awesome. But no, this this it's just fucked up. Like it's not- well, I I I almost wonder if like he's one of those people. Like w- like the way I was saying that you know it felt like they were writing it in, yeah, uh, or phoning it in. Sorry. Um, I feel like he had moved on. He in his head, he was not worried about it at all. He was like, uh, and so he he put all his effort into shrinking. And like shrinking has the spirit of Ted Lasso season one. This like this 
this idea that goodness and kindness can prevail. Yeah. Even and like in Ted Lasso season one, it's everyone is a real character, but there's this one guy who is so pure and good. Yeah. And like that he can change everyone. And I think like that's a good concept for showing goodness and kindness can win. And shrinking is like an evolution of that idea where it's more complicated. Yeah. But this like it's this idea of like goodness and kindness can win. Um, but here's the, here's the thing. And it's shrinking. You get to the fucking point, which is the point of the whole show. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, this is like get to the fucking point. Yes. Nate, just come back to the team. But hey, why are you a kit man? Be the fucking assistant coach. Like, yeah. Oh, oh my God. And, yeah. I thought that was. He was a stupid. And I, I think too, like Ru- well, Rupert, they do this whole big arc with Rupert, but like it didn't feel super satisfying. It just felt like, I don't know. It felt tacky to have him like go on the field and push the guy and then get booed and stuff. I was like, this isn't real. Like this is like a, a joke in a cartoon. And like, yeah, Ted Lasso works when Ted Lasso is a fucking cartoon and yeah. everyone is real. And all of a sudden at the end of season three, everyone's a fucking cartoon. Yeah. It just, to me, I understand why they did it, but it's just to me, I think they shouldn't have done it. Like, no. The reason why they want to do it is because everyone loves Rupert. Everyone thinks Rupert is a great, fantastic guy, and he finally sees his true colors. Like, try to like, yeah. try to injure Jamie, try to like get rid of him, and then yeah, taking out his frustrations because everyone's <clears throat> now suddenly against him. Yeah, I think they could have just done it so much better. Like, it just yeah, agreed. Like, like I, it was such a waste of time. It's like. Oh, it's my God. I just like thank you every little thing. Like I ended that show and like the first like five minutes afterwards, I'm like, that was okay. But now like no. talking to you about it, it's like, oh, I, f- I really fucking hated that. Like season three. Yeah, it was fucking you started pissed. off pretty well, like pretty good. I'm like, oh yeah. And there's good moments. We talked about it last time. Yeah. So like there's, there's these bright spots. Uh, but man, that finale just like erased all of it. I don't know. I don't even want to talk about Ted Lasso. Fuck Ted Lasso. Yeah. It's Ted done. Lasso. What a disappointment. Jason Sudeikis? Sudeikis? Sudeikis, Sudeikis. You should have given the show as an SNL sketch and never have made a TV show. I think it should have just been one season. It should have just been the miniseries and then that's it. You should just, yeah, done a season and a half of just him rising, falling, rising again, and leave it at that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Uh, other than that, I want to talk about the new Star Trek video game called Star Trek Resurgence. Ooh. Um, it's one of those games that I had not heard at all about, but I saw like a series of reviews being like, I think what actually t- drew me to it was a tweet. It was like, I want more double A games that kind of look shitty, play shitty, uh, but capture something that I love. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so it's <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek Resurgence is basically a low budget Telltale's style adventure in the Star Trek universe. Okay, I because you told me about this, we're like okay, viewers, we text each other all the time. But yeah, uh, well, I was, oh, not stop, baby, we never stop. stop. Yeah, because <laughs> we tell each other to shut up because we're like save it for the pod. <laughs> but you like you told me about this game. I'm like, how did I not hear about this game until I looked at it? I'm like, oh, it's one of those games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. If you're unfamiliar with Telltale games, people, uh, basically it's like a narrative-driven game where there's the pro- the the crux of the game is conversations and decisions you're making within them. So, um, sort of in the same vein as like Mass Effect, it, but if if there was no shooting and RPGness, it was just talking. Um, <laughs> oh, and sounds like it, a typical <laughs> episode of Star Trek. Exactly, <laughs> and so the I. 
I really loved this game. I, I think they did an amazing job capturing the spirit of 90s Star Trek. Um, it's got a good plot. It's got great uh, characters, great moments. Uh, and they do a good job with these, like, the crux moments where, you know, you're in a crisis and you have to make a decision and, like, the way they'll pay off. And it feels like in the moment you're like, I'm making a really big decision. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much because I think everyone who, like, if you liked 90s Star Trek, and you can handle a little jank. <laughs> I would highly, highly recommend this game. I, I, I think it suffers a little bit from the same thing that Telltale games and like a Bioware games suffer from. Where if you really look at the way the branching narratives go, you realize like it's kind of all the same. Like it's it is different. It's like yeah, different characters make it to the end, or you know, like uh, someone's happy with you or is unhappy with you. But like the big beats are still the same. Yeah. But they do a really good job. Uh, I think they do a good job. They, they're, It's tied to a specific episode of Star Trek Next Gen, which I thought was fun. Uh, and they build that out and do some cool stuff. And you, the, the, the setting is you're a first officer brought onto this science vessel. Uh, and they had a big accident a couple years ago. So a bunch of the crew died, including the first officer. So everyone kind of doesn't like you to start. And you have to earn their trust, get the captain. Uh, and you also play as an engineer. Uh, so you're doing... Yeah, a mix of conversations. So pretty much every conversation, you'll have like three choices of things to say. It's all timed too, so you have to respond quickly. Oh. Um, but then there's like little mini gameplay segments. Like you do shoot people sometimes, uh, or like there's little stealth segments. And if the <laughs> game was just those parts, it would be a piece of shit game. But because they're really brief and they're just meant to like spice it up, it's fine. Yeah. Um, it is. I got it. I played it on PS. I played it on PS5, okay. um, but it's it's uh, on every system. It's capped at 1080p 30 on PC included. Uh, <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's just a really poorly optimized, poorly uh, debugged game. How much was it? It's this very game? janky. It was 40 bucks. <laughs> 40 bucks? <laughs> yeah. And so I think if you're like, I think it's worth the 40 bucks. Yeah. Because um, I, play, I played it. I think it ended up being about nine, 10 hours. Oh, and nine, I, 10 I, like hours? Like I said, I. Yeah, Holy shit. I had a I had a really good time playing it. I think it's I do think for most people I would wait for a sale like it, when it goes on sale for like 30 bucks, 25 bucks. Easy, easy, easy. If it's 20 um, bucks is immediate buy 25 bucks, yeah. pretty much 30 bucks. You really enjoy it's it. It's like, yeah, if you're like, yeah, I really need a game like this. But overall, they recommend. Yeah, it's a, it's a really buggy game and it sucks. Sometimes you're like really into a story moment and then you're like, you'll <laughs> pop into a different scene and everyone just like. <laughs> it's like okay all right and so i hope that it sells well enough that they can polish it off and make a sequel because i think like when you when i told people that i was i was like it's basically a telltale adventure set in the star trek universe everyone's like yes that's a great idea and i feel like they can explore and do more yeah. and i think the studio that did it with a little more resources and time could really deliver something special yeah um but as it is star trek resurgence i definitely recommend it uh, I'll I'll give it like a, a seven point eight and seven point nine. Uh, is the story just good? because the techno oh. <laughs> the story's awesome. Um, and it's like a really good Star Trek episode blown out. Um, and it it's 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 missing some of the things that make it like an absolutely phenomenal video game. Yeah. But it's missing none of the things that make a great Star Trek episode. Uh, and you're put in the middle of it, and you get to play it. Uh, and if you yeah, like I said, if you like next gen or '90s Star Trek. 
Definitely check out Star Trek Resurgence. Is there like multiple Especially endings? if it goes on sale. There's different endings. Like there's, um, I don't want to spoil too much. There is. It's not like, you know, you either save the universe or you don't. Like it's, <laughs> it's like different, different people make it. Different people hate you. Like you have different people on your ship. Um, or like, you know, at some points people will betray you or, no. and it's, so it's like, there is pretty different endings. Like I had, I had a pretty good ending. Like I ended up watching all the endings on YouTube. Oh, okay. Um, and they're pretty different uh, in terms of like not the A plot. Like it's like no matter what, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but the yeah, it's yeah, you're, it's you're like satisfied. In, in Walking Dead's. I was satisfied with the choices and the impact that my choices had. Yeah. Um. And I, I yeah, I, it was good. It was good. All right. Well, sounds like that was a a game made for true fans i don't think it's probably a game for people who have no idea what star trek is like no 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 it's for star trek yeah, yeah. Fans, so it's for star sure. trek. i think i'll i'll be you know what i will give it a try when it goes on sale and then we can talk about it a bit more and I'll be like yeah, okay, yeah we'll, do be a, fun. we'll do a spoiler on a star trek i'm like did you pick a sure. well, I, I picked yeah, y yeah. <laughs> so we'll do, do that but i want to talk about a game that i actually was i knew about but yeah. I didn't really think about it again until I saw a, a Twitter ad for it, which is Elon. You got me, son of a bitch. Uh, son of a bitch, you got me. It is Dave the Diver, and it is a 2D quasi platformer uh, game that you play as a diver named Dave. You go fish harpooning, you know, or harpooning for fish to serve at your sushi restaurant. Yeah. It sounds really basic. But man, there's a story <laughs> which I did not expect. And uh, it's still in early access. And the game will stop you going, all right, you've gone pretty far. But the game is in early access and it's not unlocked until we launch the full game. So I'll explain a little bit more about the game. But I got so mad that it stopped. <laughs> and then I had to stop myself going, why am I so mad? It's because I fucking love this game. Holy shit. This game is literally the best game I've played so far this year. Granted, that's saying a lot because I haven't played a lot of games this year. Yeah. And it's such a fun little experience. It's so it's just, it's a 2D quasi-platform pixelated game. And it's it's bizarre because it's early access. They stated to be early access since October. But reading on the forums. This game has almost little to no bugs. It like it makes AAA games look so buggy. And I've yeah. had the game crash once, but it was like I was just loading it and it crashed. And I just yeah. opened it up again. It just worked. And man, it's just it's such a solid game. So basically, you go underwater and it's kind of like the game mechanics is that you're hunting fish, sell fish to your oh that you serve your sushi restaurant so there's so many weird game mechanics so the main one is diving and instead of a health meter you have an o2 meter yeah so the game oh. never feels like it's like sonic you know you know sonic hedgehog the the water levels and you have that kind of panicking yeah. of oxygen yeah yes you do if you run on the oxygen you're kind of screwed you have to come up to the surface and you only get to keep one item that you've collected but this one, there's so much oxygen tanks that you don't really feel too worried about it. Even at your 50%, you're like, ah, I'm fine. I can probably swim for like three more minutes to find an oxygen tank. It'll be fine. The only parts that will 
ever you ever get screwed is if you're fighting a like a big shark or a big fish. Yes, that's when you could get screwed and die and lose all your stuff, which yeah, can really suck. Um, but yeah, like so you harpoon, you have different weapons, you fight bosses, which is crazy. So you fight like sharks or uh a squid and do all these yeah. little mini games and it's just like it's it you have to grind but it doesn't make you feel like you're grinding like you just get oh you got a bigger box to hold more fish you get a bigger o2 tank you get better diving suit so you can go deeper and it seems like you could get like a ship too uh hmm. which i found because like you could tranquilizer and bring like a big shark back to your aquarium and he goes oh you need this ship icon. I'm like, oh, I could get a ship. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. can you get it now or is it going to be later during like the access? So phase? the full launch of the game is this month. So this is where it gets oh. really annoying. It goes June 2023. I'm like, okay, it's June now. Can I play full <laughs> game now? And it still says early yeah. access and no being tight lip for some reason. Uh, and I, to me, I just don't understand. Like the game is so solid. Like, did you guys just not? finish a part of the game yeah which could be very it <laughs> and yeah maybe they'll put they'll end up pushing like the full day yeah or the full game yeah it is here's one thing it's cool it's like so there's harpooning and collecting fish and serving your fish in the restaurant you also have a little like serving mini game that you have to play every night so you have to choose the menu you research ingredients you hire staff so it has like to me it's like oh my looter shooter plus extraction game which i love yeah. And also business tycoon game, which is also fun. <laughs> so it's like you would love that. And it also does a farming simulator game. And it is like a, a fish farm simulator. I'm like, this game is perfect. And also the music's cool. <laughs> and every day, every day you start, the map is randomly generated. So it's always a little oh, bit. Oh, that's different. cool. Yeah. So I mean oh, that's actually really cool. It's really cool. But also like after you play like four or five days, you're like, oh I I got I got all the tricks. Like I I know yeah, kind of yeah, how yeah. to get there. And it's it's great. Yeah. So uh huh. yeah, it's uh twenty bucks American or twenty five bucks Canadian. Uh I would say if you have a Steam Deck, definitely play this or a handheld. Okay. But uh I play this on a Mac and it runs perfect. Like it's great. Granted, I huh. have an M2 Max uh processor, yeah, mind, yeah, yeah. but it runs perfect you don't need a really big system music's awesome and visuals are great the storyline's awesome there's a lot of like funny fat jokes that i'm also a big person but it's also fun to see yeah. dave getting kind of pissed off at people he's like hey what the fuck <laughs> yeah and it's great fair enough i uh i i have to check it out I, you've definitely sold me it yeah. looks uh it looks really cool watching like the trailers and stuff yeah it's I, uh, like you, you can get guns, which is weird. Then you can upgrade those guns <laughs> and you have to collect things to upgrade those guns. And oh, it's just, oh, it's, it's just such a cool mechanics of a game that just go, dude, I hope I'm only like 20% into the game, which it seems like it based on one certain yep. section of the game. It's just like, please just, just let me play. Cause I've only played like 14 hours of it and it made me stop. Like I could keep playing and grinding. Yeah, yeah, but I have no point. It'd be like it'd be make it too easy because here's the thing: you can start playing it today. And what okay. they have said is that when they release the full game, it doesn't reset your progress. You can just continue when oh, you good. start off. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is great because I was like, I, I didn't realize that. I thought it was a already the full game. Just some parts were unlocked. Yeah, it, it's great. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so that's Dave the Diver for all y'all. Go play, it. and that's uh, 
and that's our episode. Yeah, Jono, thank you for this. Yeah, let me actually wait. You know what? Uh, I haven't done. I didn't do this last time. I will shout out all the. Uh, let's. Oh, the patrons. The patrons. So check out us. Check it out on uh, Patreon.com/slash Let's Wing It. Yeah, and let me go shout out all the active patrons because we. Let's go. Yeah. So I'm so sorry, guys. I'm like fucking dying because of my allergies, but working away. Uh, so we got my Patreon dance. With Jordan Bueller, Ryan T, Elias Emin. Menderes, John Gers, Emma Franklin, Mark Bradshaw, Mari Martinez, Sly Merlin, Ethan Lowe, David Curry, Riggs Wellman, Emiro Co, Daniel Quazo, Joan Norton, Cody Owen, Daffy Noonan, Mike1814, and Guillermo Navarro. What's up, guys? Yeah! Did it. Did it. Did it. Thanks, everyone. You can check us out on Twitter at Let's Wing It Pod. Yep. Uh, or let send us an email uh, with your comments or thoughts at letswingit22 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on our personal Twitters. Mine is the.chosen.david. Uh, and Jono's is, what is it? John Burn Banana 86? No, it's Jono 10. Jono 10 86. Yep. That's right. And then also, uh, uh, if you guys are at this far already and you guys like the podcast, please uh, leave a rating. It helps. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, and just like make, you know, a bot that can listen to our podcast 10,000 times a week. That's fine. Yeah. No, no big. Uh, until then, I uh, love you guys. Bye. Bye.